Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Amen. We're going to go to Luke chapter 1 today, and uh, I've just titled this message, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, M-A-R-Y. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, and we're going to see some truths from here today um, that I believe are going to really encourage you and inspire you in your walk with God. And in this great season uh, of giving, this Christmas season, uh, but before we do that, I must tell you that there were these three men who died on Christmas Eve, and uh, there they were standing up there with St. Peter, and he said, if you, uh, in honor of the, this season, I need you to present something uh, that is, uh, <clears throat> that, that something that symbolizes Christmas in order to get into heaven. So the first man reaches into his pocket, and he pulls out a lighter, and he and he flicks on the lighter and he says, uh, yeah, this is a candle for candle lighting at Christmas time. And St. Peter said, you may enter the, in through the pearly gates into your everlasting reward. And so the second man, he fumbles through his pockets a little bit and he pulls out a set of keys and he jingles the keys and he says, uh, the Christmas bells, the Christmas bells. And St. Peter says, okay, you may enter into your eternal reward. And the third man, he's frantically filling through his pockets. And finally, he remembers in his shirt pocket, and he pulls out a pair of glasses, and he holds them up to St. Peter. And Peter looks at him, and he says, uh, and how does that symbolize Christmas? He says, oh, they're carols. Okay. Luke 21, Luke 1, I mean, verse 26. I promise you that's not the only reason you came to church today, and I know you're glad about that. I've got something really good to give you. Sorry about sharing that. Lord, I apologize and be with the starving pygmies. All right, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Isn't that interesting? What did the angel say that was so troubling? Rejoice, highly favored one. Blessed are you among women. And it says that this troubled Mary. Something about the goodness, just the pure goodness of God, the pure goodness of God coming to you. Like that gospel, when you really heard the gospel for what it is, when it wasn't about rules and regulations, when it wasn't about what you needed to do, but when you really heard the truth of the gospel, that it was about Jesus and his finished work, that he died for your sins, that he was buried, that he rose again from the dead the third day. When you really heard it in its purest form, something, happened, something happens when you hear that, uh, and, and it's hard to take. It's hard to take that kind of love. It's hard to comprehend. Why would God be that good to me? Why would he choose me? Why would he die for my sins? Why would he take the blame for every nasty thing that I've ever done in my life? Why would he do that? And sometimes it can be troubling. Sometimes it can be troubling to think that, God, do you not see who I really am? Do you not know what I've done? Why are you picking me? Why are you choosing to love me? Blessed are you. Rejoice. 
highly favored one. Blessed are you among women. And she was troubled at this saying, consider what manner of greeting this was. Verse 30. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Can we all read that out loud together? For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her father. We love you and we thank you for this time together. I thank you for these next few minutes, God, that you grace my lips to teach your word today. I am honored to stand here, Lord, and to deliver this great message because, Lord, we know the power of your word. Your scripture tells us that in it is life. It's life to those who find it. It is health to all of their flesh. Let your word take its full effect in our hearts and lives today. Thank you, Lord. Do what you want to do in us and through us and to us, Lord. We are yielded to you. Nothing else is more important to us than right now. That is to hear from you and to receive, God, what you want us to receive. These instructions, these truths, God, these helps for our lives. Thank you that you are a very present help in time of need. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. A few things I want to pull out of the Scripture is first, no matter who you are, the Lord has favored you. Number two, no matter what troubles you face, the Lord is with you. And no matter what he has promised, the Lord will do it. The Lord will do it. Look at verse 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, no matter who you are, the Lord has favored you. Come on, say it again. No matter who you are, the Lord has favored you. Amen. See, favor is what is given by God and not earned by men. It's just what comes out of his nature, out of his goodness, out of his love for us. Now, Mary is, is young. Uh, historians believe that she's possibly as young as 12 or 13. Uh, and uh, not only is she young, but she's also poor. You know, there's, there's, she doesn't have uh, a reputable name except that she's you know, somewhere of the lineage of David, but a lot of them could say that. But she's just a poor little teenage girl. And in this little town called Nazareth, which uh, is pretty obscure in and of itself, that there was really just not much about Nazareth that was to be desired, apparently because uh, Nathaniel, when he was 
called to follow Jesus, the disciples found this guy named Nathaniel, told him that they found the Christ in Nazareth. He said, Nazareth, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's kind of like the little town I was raised in, Thackerville. They used to say that very same thing. Anything good came, come out of Thackerville? Well, yeah, you're looking at it. <laughs> Got out of there as quickly as I could. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Thackervillians. I don't know if any of them listen to this podcast. There are like 300 of them, so uh, just in case, you're my, you're my peeps. Mary was chosen by God. She, she's not one that just stuck out in society, but she did to God. She found favor. That's what the angel said. You found favor with God. And see, once God's favor is upon you, there's nothing that you can do about it. There's really nothing that anyone can do about it. His favor is on you. He favored you. The very fact that God became a man told us that he favored us. I mean, think about it. Why would he become a man if he didn't intend on saving us? Why did he become a man if he didn't intend on us being like him and having fellowship? Why would he even become? The very fact that he was born a baby means that he's on our side today and that he has favored us. And that's what that, that when, the, when the angel came to the shepherd and said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. This is the message from heaven to you that God has favored you. It's, uh, and it's better. Listen, favor is better than fairness. Way better than fairness. You want fairness, you can go to a communist country and get that. Huh? It's way better than fairness. When I, when I was born in August of my parents going into their senior year in high school. Uh, so we grew up together, me and my parents did. And that, that, that year was a tough year for my parents, you know, because my dad had to get a job and and provide for family, also finish out school. But fortunately, we had my grandparents there in southern Oklahoma. And uh, so I lived, we lived with them, and, and they watched me through the day, especially my grandma, uh, while my parents were finishing high school. And uh, so, as a matter of fact, in their, in their yearbook, I was uh, an honorary mascot of the school. <laughs> but... Uh, <clears throat> My grandfather, he just, I don't know what, what it was, maybe just being in, in the house all the time, but I found favor in his, in his eyes. And out of all six of the grandkids that he had, he, he had his eyes on me. Uh, so much so that me and my brother, we were a year apart, a year later, uh, my parents had my brother. And, uh, and so me and, being that close in age, you know, we tended to fight a lot just about every day. And, uh, and my mom, you know, she was on to us. She, I, we were teenage boys at this point, and we were, I mean, we were really going at it in the living room one day. My parents were gone. House phone rings before we had cell phones, and house phone rings. And I answer the phone, and my mom says, quit fighting. Who is this woman? How did you know? Well, I just figured since we were gone, and you two are still breathing, the chances are good that you're fighting. So... We just were. We were fighting all the time. So anytime we'd get in a fight, and most of those fights were brought on by yours truly because that's what the older brother's supposed to do. And uh, so I'd, I'd start a fight. I'd pick on my brother, and we'd be fighting there in the living room, my grandparents' house somewhere. And my grandfather would start calling on my, 
calling down my younger brother. Get off of him. Leave him. He said, Grandpa, I didn't do it. He started. I don't care. And, and I mean, it was just glaring how much favor I had with him. And my brother was demanding fairness, but, you know, I had favor. So there, there was going to be no fairness in this deal. Let me tell you something. God has favored you. And, 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 and the consequences to your actions are what's fair, but God gives you grace. That God gives you favor. His goodness is not earned. His goodness is given. All you can do is receive His good favor and have that merry little Christmas where she said, be it unto me according to what you've said. It's interesting. Mary's special, isn't she? And she deserves honor, and she deserves the accolades for bringing in the Son of the Highest, the Son of God, into the world. She's not worthy of our worship. Only God is worthy of our worship. But she's worthy of honor. No doubt about it. She has a, a high name in the kingdom of God. I'm grateful to God for her thinking all the things that she had to overcome, you know, to do what she did. Uh, but that word for highly favored there, when the angel said highly favored, it's the word, the Greek word karatao, C-H-A-R-I-T-O-O. Let's all try that. Karatao. Ready? You're a good class. Karatao. And let me just read what it means, okay? This is really cool. To make graceful, charming, lovely, agreeable, to peruse with grace, to compass with favor, and to honor with blessings. Isn't that awesome? He said, you're highly favored. That God said, I will honor you with blessings. Honor you by blessings. This is the promise. This is the pronouncement to Mary, this little virgin girl on the backside, uh, on a little dusty little town called Nazareth. Interesting. She found favor. So I like to do word studies like that. Anytime I see an interesting word like that, one I haven't been real familiar with, I like to see, well, where else is it in Scripture? Well, after looking at that word, I found only one other place in all the Scriptures. Keratao is only twice. Once here in, in verse 28, and then another place over in Ephesians chapter 1. Can we jump over there for just a moment? Everybody all right? Yeah. Good. Cowboys don't play till 7 o'clock tomorrow night, so I promise we'll be out of church by then. Just as he... <laughs> Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Who's us? There you go. Say, that's me. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Verse 5. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. In other words, because it made him feel good. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Ready? By which he made us. Who's us? By which he made us accepted. The word accepted is keratao. He made, just as he made Mary keratao'd, so he made you keratao'd. So, yeah, she stands out in one sense. But when it comes to the favor of God, the very same favor that was upon Mary, the mother of Jesus, is upon you, the sons of God here today. The very same favor. Are you hearing me? You don't need fairness. You need favor. 
and he has favored you, you know that God is with you, and God is looking on you in love. Amen. And he blesses you because he wants to. No matter who you are, the Lord has favored you. Verse 34, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? How can these things be since I know not a man? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. I always think, thought, thought that was such an interesting way to explain what was going to happen. This is Mary said, how is this going to happen? I know that it takes two to tango. And I know virgins don't have babies. So you're going to have to explain this to me. And the angel says, well, it's going to happen like this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. How's that sound? Can I get a little more clarity on that? That's pretty vague, actually. Shadows and power and Holy Spirit. I mean, come on. Well, apparently it was because she said, being unto me according to your word. So she must have understood something beyond what we're just seeing here. She must have understood it in a different way. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Because she had to do some explaining. Now, how is she going to explain to her fiancé that she's pregnant by God? And she's going to have God's baby. And it would have been nice if the angel had already pre-warned Joseph. But he hadn't pre-warned Joseph at this point. The Scripture says that he was ready to put her away. And say, the wedding's off. And then the angel finally showed up and talked to him. But, so now she's got to say all this. And plus, deal with the, the risk of being a virgin and being pregnant. Because under Jewish law, she could be stoned to death for that. And then bringing a child up under that kind of scrutiny. How would everybody look at him? His birth was mysterious. He, apparently, she had God's baby and... Uh, <clears throat> You can imagine how people are going to respond to this. It's a strange, strange story. How many of you believe that a virgin had a baby? How many of you believe this story? I believe this story. I believe this story. And I've said this before. Hey, if you believe that, why would speaking in tongues bother you? You're already weird. You believe a virgin had a baby. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Jesus, the scripture says that his name, one of his names would be Emmanuel, which is God with us. It doesn't matter the size of your trouble. No matter what the trouble is, the Lord is with you. That's what you need to know more than anything, more than that there's trouble, more than that there are problems, but that God is with you. And greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world said that the power of the highest will overshadow you. The word power is one of the words that we like. It's the word dunamis. I like that word, dunamis. It means miraculous power or the right now power to act. But also one of the definitions is this. Listen to this. The power and influence which belong to riches and wealth. <laughs> That's why she said being unto me according to your word. <laughs> Interesting. The power and influence which, which belong to riches and wealth. In other words, it's drawn to it. So when Jesus came, guess what? Riches and wealth began to be drawn to that family called the Magi. 
the wise men who came and brought these treasures. Two years later, they show up. And they weren't at the manger, by the way. I know that messes up your nativity set, but the wise men actually weren't there. They weren't there until he was, he was two years old. But you can keep it, you know, whatever. And it, the Scripture doesn't say that there were three of them. That just comes from tradition because there were three gifts mentioned, but it doesn't say there were just three of them. It could have been a whole slew of magi show up there. We don't know. But we do know that they brought these treasures, and amongst their treasures was found gold and frankincense and myrrh. What happened? The riches and the wealth showed up to this poor little girl, this poor family. Interesting, isn't it? 92-year-old Pauline Jacoby had just finished doing her shopping at Walmart when she got into her car, and as soon as she sat down, a man jumped into her passenger seat and held a gun to her and told her that he would kill her if she wouldn't give him her money. And she emphatically told him three times, no. And then she started telling him about her faith in God. And he sat and listened to this woman because she said, if you kill me, I'll just go to heaven, but you're going to go to hell. She said that Jesus is in this car, and Jesus goes with me everywhere that I go. And the, the, the report, uh, the, the TV station there in Memphis, Tennessee reported that he turned his head away from her as she noticed that tears were welling up in this young man's eyes. Something about what she said penetrated into his very soul. A few minutes of sitting there and thinking about what she said, he said, well, I think I'll go home tonight and pray. And Ms. Jacoby said, you can pray anytime you want to. And she reached into her purse, and she voluntarily gave him the last bit of money that she had, which was a $10 bill. And he sheepishly reached over and took that $10 bill from her hand, tears rolling down his cheeks. And then he leaned over and kissed her on the cheek and walked away. Your trouble is just another opportunity for you to see and to experience the greatness of God in your life. It is not the absence of His presence. No, your God will not abandon you just because you're in trouble doesn't mean God's not there. You need to know more than ever that He is there, that He is a very present help in time of need. And He's there at your beck and call. And His name is above every name. Every knee will bow at that name. And every, at that name, demons flee. Hallelujah. It's all the power that you need. You're on the winning side. Why? Because God's with you and God's a winner. Amen. Know that He's with you even now in the middle of your trouble. See, trouble, trouble is the reality of living in this world. But victory is the reality of Jesus living in you. Amen. No matter your trouble, you need to know that God is with you. Can I get a good amen? You've heard me do this before, but let's do it again. Turn to somebody and say, there's nothing in the world that two people can't do. As long as one of them is God and the other one is you. Amen. Look at verse 37. Verse 37. Let's read this out loud again. For with God, nothing will be 
impossible. Lastly, no matter what he has promised, the Lord will do it. If he promises it, he possibles it. Hallelujah. The moment he says it, it's real. And the moment you believe it, it's real. He's already said it, but you're going to have to believe it to get it activated in your own life. You had to believe that God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself for you to be reconciled to God. He reconciled you already, but you had to choose to believe that in order for that to become a reality for you. Amen. And the moment you did, you got all the salvation and all the benefits that come with that salvation. And God promised you that he would save. How many of you believe that you're saved and you're going to heaven? Yeah. Why? Why do you believe? Because God promised you that. And what he promises, he's able to perform that promise. God doesn't just throw out good intentions. Well, I'd sure like to do this for you. No, he makes a promise, and he dares us to believe that promise. No, no matter what we're seeing in the natural, if you hold on to that promise, you'll see the reality of it. Amen. I've said things. I've, I've made promises because I had good intentions, but I've broken promises before. Now, I know, I know I'm the only one in this room that's done that. So you can all feel better about yourselves right now. By looking at me and going, look at that idiot. But, and I know all of you are perfect in every way. But, uh, but I, I do make mistakes. And uh, I, I have broken promises before. And I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't done that. But God doesn't do that. God's a promise keeper to the nth degree. Abraham, when Abraham finally figured that out, he finally figured out that God could be trusted. That God was good no matter what. That God had his good in mind, even though Abraham couldn't see it all. Even though he couldn't see it, he decided he was going to believe God. And the scripture says that he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, because he became fully persuaded that God was able to perform whatever he had promised. See, it's not enough for you to know that God is able. It's not enough for you to know that God is capable. You need to know that God will do it. And not only will he do it, but he will do it for you. Because you are the one who has found favor in his sight. Hallelujah. And with God, nothing will be impossible. I want to go to one last scripture, and I'll finish with this. Joshua chapter 23 and verse 14. Joshua 23, verse 14. And we know the story of Joshua, who was the one who took the mantle after Moses had died. And there Moses had brought them out with a great deliverance out of Egypt and out of the bondage and slavery uh, there for 400 plus years. And now Joshua was able to lead them into that land that God had promised them, that God had actually originally promised Abraham, their forefather. And now here they are. They're, in, they're living in the land of promise. It wasn't just a someday hope for a wish. Well, now it, they're living in it. That's what I pray for you all the time, that you would live in the realities of the promises of God. Amen. Not just have a little promise book. This is my little promise book. <laughs> no, you live in these promises. You don't just read about them. You live in them. Amen. Behold this day. Listen to what Joshua was saying. This day I am going the way of all the earth. In other words, I'm dying. And you know in all your hearts, listen to this, and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. That truth is very much alive today. God's Word never fails. We fail, but His Word never fails. 
And if we get real honest, he said, you know down in your hearts, you know in the depths of your soul that what God said has happened. You know that his promise is true. Now, you've made excuses, but you know in your heart of hearts God's not a liar. You know his word is real. You know you could have had things if you would have just believed it. Let's stop making excuses for our doubt and unbelief. Let's stop making excuses for our fear. Let's stop reasoning us out of receiving the good things of God. And believe what God has said and know his word is true. Not one word has failed. And I want you to understand, this is, an, uh, this is under a covenant that is now gone. An old covenant. And under the old covenant, God kept every promise. Doesn't it only stand to reason? Now, according to Hebrews, it says, Now you have received a better covenant established upon better promises. If he doesn't keep all the promises now, but he did then, then it's not a better covenant. But it is a better covenant. And if he kept them then, he for sure going to keep them now. You need to know that if he promised it, that he will do it, no matter what he's promised. And that promise might seem outlandish to your situation right now. Maybe you're facing a very difficult situation. Maybe it is a financial situation. Maybe it's a marriage problem. Maybe it is something with your kids. Maybe it is something in your health. You need to hold on to what God has said. Latch hold of that promise. Get it in your heart. Get it in your mouth. Confess His Word. Confess His promise so that you can live in its reality. Because it is greater. It is the victory for your life. And the Scripture says that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. It is God's will for you to prosper and to be in health. It is God's will for you to live in the blessing of, of His goodness every day of your life. It is His will. The Scripture says He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He wants you to enjoy the life that He's given you. As He's richly given you all things to enjoy. No matter who you are, the Lord has favored you. No matter what troubles you face, the Lord is with you. No matter what he has promised, the Lord will do it. Can we pray for a moment? Father, thank you. Thank you again for another, another gathering, God. Another time when we've come to this place to shake hands and to hug one another's necks and to encourage one another. Lord, to worship you with our hands lifted high and to sing about your goodness, to glorify you and to remember again, to be reminded again that you are God and you are good. And no matter what things we have faced this week, we come and remember you this moment, Lord. Thank you that you are God in our lives and that we are so dependent upon you and we need you. We need your grace and we need your mercy. We need your forgiveness and we thank you that we have it so freely. We thank you that you are the very present help even right now and that you are helping us. Lord, you're you're touching lives, Lord. You're doing what I can't even imagine. I know the power of your word, Lord, that searches our hearts. And it's able to, to get to the, the very core of who we are, our whole belief system, our whole thinking and understanding. 
And I pray, Lord, that, that those who are here today, Lord, who, have, who are hearing from you, they're out of their soul, Lord, they're being stirred. Maybe to change their mind. Maybe to, to forgive someone. Maybe to receive healing. I don't know what it is, but Father, you know. And I pray, God, that you would just meet them where they are. And that you would show them your love. They would not be burdened anymore by the, the troubles and the cares of this world. But Father, there'd be a release today from that. As you said, come to me. Come to me. All you who are weary, all you who are troubled, I'll give you rest. That there be an exchange today. That they lay their troubles at your feet, the burdens at your feet, and receive your grace and your help now. I thank you for comforting hearts today. Comfort those who are grieving. Heal those who are hurting. Provide for those who are in need today. Restore to those who have lost. Save those who need deliverance today. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for our sins. You took the penalty, our penalty, upon you. They buried you in a tomb, but God raised you from the dead. And you took our sins far away. And you took all of God's anger upon yourself so that we would never know one day, one day of that reality. For as many as will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you that you've secured our hope to the end in Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.